Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have had to go underground and take on secret identities in order to bring you our candid views on a handful of our stocks value-oriented out of views. this week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news. But our bosses would never allow our unfiltered thoughts on the air, so we disguise our voices and they'll never know Candid. Um, This week, we're looking at the May 1st, 2009 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, so happy May Day, everybody, Uh, whatever your special celebration may be, as we were talking about (laughs) earlier. Um, And there's a couple caveats. We're celebrating here today. We are, of course. It's uh, after work, Friday, and so uh, we do have a couple important caveats. First of all, this is for entertainment purposes only, and that's not a guarantee. And secondly, we may have a lot of conflicts of interest, including doing business with people, owning some stocks, not owning others, trying to trick you into thinking we don't own them when we do. Who knows? Not may, do. Yeah, we do have course. conflicts we do. of interest. We do. Or we may. Assume may is the, the legal term. No, Assume may is the legal term. And also, uh, we may be completely uninformed. We're just reading Value Line after work and all that entails. Well, so It's our um, sole resource, except for our... Our memories are many years to the of dedicated that we have service any remaining to our memories. clients. Uh, I'll be back at the back half of the show uh, with, uh, you know, I've only chosen, I've, I bring three new ideas every week. This week I, I have four at this moment, and I'm going to be uh, trying to figure it out as we go. Um, see all, you know what, I forgot. See all our disclosures at www.thevalueguys.com. There's pictures, biographies, resumes, etc. Uh, but before. You do that, listen to Vern Value, give us some great ideas. Right, Vern? Here's to you. Right, right, Val. I hope you have some. What an unusual introduction. It was? Why? I have, of course I have, but you you so rarely acknowledge that my ideas are, tend to be superior to yours. I never, I didn't say any such thing. But I, I have, thank you for that. Frankly, I, hat, you know, if you want to get into all that, Vern, and I don't think you do, I no, have a I long history no, I really as a don't. value investor. Deep and longer wide. than mine. Longer well, than I'd, mine. I'd question whether, you know, I don't want to get into all that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think you... Well, let's focus you, on this week's Even though you're late in your career, then. I think you're finally seeing the light about value investing. But I don't know that it was always that way, Vern. I don't want to get into everything I've had my I've had my growthy periods. Well, and then, I, you know, look and, in the mirror. And, hey, I've talked about it. Listeners I've know. About Listeners it. know. They see the transformation happening. But momentum is so rewarding when it's no, working. Well, yeah, but not over, uh, not over a longer period. No, right? no. If you're just right. in for the thrill... You know, go to Vegas or something like that. Bam! You know, that's crash. what I sometimes worry about. Oof. With you. Or invest in airbags or yeah. something like that. This is, a, this is a, one of my favorite uh, in the rotation of Value Line. This is one of my favorites. It has a bunch of food stuff, like every all the channel, but it also has RVs and uh, foreign electronics like Sony and Panasonic, and it has education services. I mean, somehow this kind of smacks of really being targeted at um you know playing video games in your rv smoking cigarettes and you know you're working on you know a degree from corinthian colleges or you know it's very uh, eclectic mix of things to look at this week and um i start i'm going to start out with a really high quality um uh play on as we've been talking about for several weeks now in a bad economy, 
needs, not wants. Only what I'm going to actually describe, I think, is the company that's right on the border of that. It's it, it technically is probably a want. What are you talking so about? It's so fundamental that for so many people it's a need. Well, what? I'm talking about candy, of You're course. You're just rambling. Oh, candy. candy. Okay. Candy. Candy. And for some very thin women, gum. Okay. Gum. But Cadbury owns Cadbury and Dentine and Halls and Trident. Um, actually, this is an ADR because the company is based in the UK. But Cadbury, the symbol is CBY. And um, I just like that story. And uh, since the company spun off its American beverages unit as Dr. Pepper Snapple, uh, which may or may not be in this week's issue. I don't know if they're covering it yet. But um, they've taken that out of the numbers, and so that's probably confused people a little bit. That, but that helps explain why the stock is $30 and not trading in the 50s as it was in the last couple of years. I don't have the numbers on what they spun off, so sorry, folks. You're going to have to do some homework of your own uh, since it's not, you know, Value Line hasn't provided the numbers. But based on what I'm looking at that I have left, which is two seventy-five, three dollars of cash flow, or call it, you know, call it three dollars. I'm ten, ten plus times gross cash flow with moderate capital spending requirements in a business where, I mean, you don't, you may not need candy or gum, but well, I think it's, it's a cheap one of the thrill, last you know what it things is? that's given things up. Things that are, you can buy the best gum in the world for a buck. You know, maybe well, not the best. Cadbury but is you a, can have a little vacation. For your mouth, for a dollar, people Thank you. do that. Well, there you, said you go. That so beautifully. Thank you. I'm just trying I, to get to the point. It's bringing a tear to my it's eye. Gonna, it's an emotional purchase. It's a it's a cheap thrill, and so people do it. They've got to, and they're right at the checkout, so well, you I, get the impulse I thing think going. It, to I think it's also like the play on disposable diapers and some of those basic uh, hygiene products, where soon as someone has the you know the, the someone who doesn't have a lot has the next discretionary dollar. This company gets a very high share of that. Um, they call it an affordable indulgence in the Oh, that's uh, what text. I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I so think, I think it's, it's the same uh, thing. It's a steady Cadbury a steady is thing. apparently working on something, uh, a four-year strategic reorientation called Vision into Action that runs through 2011. So I'm guessing stock beat up in 2009, probably not a bad time to buy something if – the market's eventually going to price in some superior performance 24 months from now. And uh, the, the balance sheet is in great shape. They're showing $3.5 billion of debt, about $700 million of cash. It's 11% debt to cap, according to uh, Value Line. I looked at some other names like Dean Foods and Smuckers, et cetera, and they're carrying $3.5 billion with market caps of around 3 to $4 billion. This is a $10 billion market cap company. They've already cut the dividend to reflect the spin out, still, but be you know nevertheless yielding over one and a half percent. And um, I've got an enterprise value EBITDA multiple that's around nine times, uh, based on uh, the uh, ten billion of market cap and the outstanding debt. I'm assuming that that you know in terms of what they can generate in terms of earnings power is going up. Uh, because they have this strategic plan that only started last year and has two and a half years to run. So uh, 
anyway, I think it's a pretty solid idea in an uncertain world. Cadbury symbol CBY. And uh, by the way, that reminds me, very important feature of the show for me this week. I'm doing the ideas in page number order. Wow. Cadbury symbol wow, 1904. Vern. This is not the cheapest stock. Did you do a news I'm, release on that? This is That's not amazing. the cheapest stock I'm going to talk about at a market multiple. But uh, it's the biggest one, and it's probably the individual stock that has the broadest application to our audience. Which one? Um, Cadbury. But um, I like both okay. of these other ones, honestly, better. So think of it this way. The show, it's going okay, going to get better. I don't okay? know about that. Well, next name. I felt a lull. Also, uh, also in the food business, if you will. Um, I'm not very familiar with this company. Uh, although I apparently should be based on their history because they've been around since the mid-'80s when they first went public. It's called Herbalife now. Isn't it Herbalife? No, I think it's Herbalife. Oh, please. You left me a phone message you were doing this, and you left the message that you were doing Herbalife, and I'm thinking, you know, this is one of the, this is one of the reasons the stock oh, is so controversial. <laughs> yeah, I'm I pretty know sure that I'm going to be spending time on that you know, up front. I want to get the pronunciation. I, I tried to call the company, and all I got oh, was yeah. a recording. But well, I'm what did pretty they say? sure did they say this. Pretty is sure Herbalife? they said Herbalife. <laughs> <laughs> the I symbol. Get to the bottom of this. I'm sure it's Herbalife. Give them a buzz. The symbol oh, is HLF, and they're based in the Cayman Islands. So good luck getting anyone on the phone. This stock's not $18. It's $20, stock up in the last few days. One of the things that caught my eye is they showed eight insider purchases in November when the stock was apparently trading around where it is now. Hinside purchases? My my yield, inside, is that what I said? I said hinside purchases. No. (laughs) No, but I think there's a guy. I think there's a guy. (laughs) Hold on. No, time's, you know, Herbalife, I guess. They're uh-huh. having, uh, you know, they're they're having some uh, impact from the economy, but earnings per share is expected to stay in a three dollar range. The dividend's under a buck, and I'm getting a four plus percent dividend yield. Stock's trading around five times cash flow, seven times uh, free cash flow because capital spending is under a buck a share. I mean, we're talking about something like forty um, percent discount to market. I calculate an enterprise value EBITDA. There is a little bit of debt, $350 million of debt, uh, but I got $150 million of cash, so only $200 million net debt to go with a billion two market cap, and I've, I'm looking at it seven times EBITDA. Um, so the yield is pretty interesting as well. This is on page number 1918. Welcome aboard. compared to 1904 for Cadbury. Oh, boy. I, you know, because I like to give the page numbers. So now you do. So people can follow along. It's like your investment line. philosophy, you know. It moves over time. <laughs> and uh, the third stock I'm going to talk about this week is um, the cheapest, okay. And um, Great. I, I think somebody, probably you, has talked about the show uh, or about the stock on the show sometime in the past. Oh, God. And you can I check love this. Take it, two. You know, you can, I may talk about it. No, that's not what this is. This I know is that. THQ. Right. But also Check. in the same business, right? Correct. Um, yeah. Uh, making money by creating uh, one computer program and then printing endless copies of it or as many as they well, possibly can. Well, I think it's can. the movie business. And there's yeah, exactly. uh, four companies. And the number of places you can watch these movies is growing at a double-digit rate. And it's going to do that for some time. They get price. It's taking increasing this share company, of time. I mean, I this mean, company is a big player in the home video game market, um, product for PlayStation, 
uh, Sony product Xbox as well as Nintendo Wii, uh, GameCubes, etc. So they're on almost every platform. Uh, they have new titles launching in 2009. I'm not familiar with these products, but uh, according to Value Line, they are apparently uh, uh, franchise platforms that are, are proven winners. Uh, despite a lousy economy, Value Line's only looking for the top line to be down 20% last year and rebounding in 2009. And so at that, you know, I can get the stock for almost nothing. The uh, the market cap is two hundred and thirty million with the stock under three and a half bucks. Okay, two hundred and thirty million market cap, but there's a hundred and forty four million of cash at the end of December, no debt. So as long as cash flow has been neutral, this is a business with a long track record. So I have no reason to not expect it has been, except that value line says that cash flow. Was well, negative just, in 2008. For full disclosure, there are publications that tell you they rank well, you, all the games. You need to and, learn a lot more about this yeah, company. Right, but yeah, there's a lot anyway, to know. And they the point is, I've got a 230 million market cap. I can take 140 million of cash off of that. I basically have a billion dollar enterprise value, and according to Value Line, they can earn um, 20 million in EBITDA. Um, so you know, it's a five times multiple. Earnings power here looks like it's about a billion dollars. So the enterprise value is actually equal to earnings power based on historical track record. They just reported results the last few days. Value line um, estimate here, I think, is very close to what they actually reported. Um, so but the stock has just been slaughtered. used to be a $30 stock. Now it's a $3 stock, which if you want to, you could just take 2 bucks off of that. It's a dollar forty a share after you take off the net cash, uh, surplus cash, wow. and I have fifty cents of gross cash flow. So it's three to four times gross cash flow. It's eight times free cash flow. T H Q I is the name. And uh, with something that, happened to those guys. I, and I with that, know. I you know that was kind of a, these are very uh, very specific stories. Each one of them. Very specific. I, you know, I hope everybody Company was able specific. to follow along. THQI, by the way, trouble. is on page 2023. What's with you in the page number? It's got a now. much bigger page Why number than either of the other two. Another reason Until I now. like it. Okay. Okay, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to um, the uh, the more senior of the uh, of the team here at the Value Guys. And uh, that would be you, Val Hughes. Thank Val you. Hughes. Get it? Thank you. That's a very, uh, very nice introduction, Vern. It's tearing up. Okay, yeah. I'm, we're we're waiting with bated breath. All right. Well, I've got. I I said up front. I've got. Unfortunately, I didn't. You know, winnow my list down to just three names, and you know where I got confused. What do you was, have? Four. I have four. Oh, big but difference. The question is between. I mean, two. I'm. I've got a lot of conviction about. The other two I also do, but I've talked about Can't them. pick among them? I, I've talked about them a lot. So the first one up is Fresh Del Monte Produce, and not to be confused with Del Monte. Evidently, they at one time uh, you know, were the same company. This is a spin-out, and I don't know much about it other than you know, they sell a lot of fresh fruits and produce, hence the name, right? 
And they do this uh, in Europe, the Middle well, it's East, Del Monte, Africa. the family, Del Monte it's brand. family. It's food practically settled Here's in Northern California. Food, so you got that going for you, and brand, and you got that going for you. I don't want to get into all the details. And what you can appreciate is that brand also gets distribution. So I'm not reading a lot here about distribution, but obviously distribution is the key. You have to marry no. it up to brand. Yes, you do. No, no. The key well, is fruits and vegetables gaining share. No, Well, but without brand and distribution, that's the backdrop, certainly. Certainly, like global warming. As wealth increases, people want fresh fruit and vegetables. It's better for them. They live longer. Therefore, they need more of it. It's like a vicious circle of needing more food. And wealth is growing despite this, you know, recession that's, by the way, we haven't talked much about it. Um, GDP, you know, yeah, it was down. But we at least know there's a bottom now. The curve is being formed. They can start to run the numbers. Uh, consumer spending was actually up in the quarter. So the market's taken a nice uptick here. But, you know, the, there's still a lot of great values. Um, nothing's been fully reflected, but at least we know there's a bottom. This is food. And the world's getting wealthier, and they're going to want fresh vegetables. So I'm attracted to that. The return on capital going way back, it's not great. You know, one time they had a brief flurry in the 20s, you know, five years ago. They're in the 10% range. That's not great. But they have no debt. They have a teeny bit of debt. Now, why does this say, I'm sorry, something's up with their capital structure? Usually if the return on total capital and the return on share equity is the same, it means there's no debt. But... I guess they're just not rounding. There's 9% debt to capital. Okay. And when you do an enterprise value to EBITDA, and for listeners that, you know, write in or, you know, I talk to, like like Ed, for example, um, enterprise value is the equity plus the debt, less the cash, and that's what we'd have to pay to own the company. In this case, um, the stock's actually down since Value Line printed this, but I'm not going to redo my math since I don't have a calculator. So it's a billion one in equity value. They've got five hundred million in debt. That's a billion five, and they've got uh, a little bit of cash, not enough to do the subtraction. So a billion five, and then operating earnings. They've got single-digit, upper single-digit operating margins going way back. So I have comfort in in that. It's some kind of price, you know, cost plus environment. It's a very stable number. I don't see any losses or anywhere near losses going way way back. So the pricing in the industry, and I don't haven't studied this. But the pricing in the industry must be, you know, conducive to them never losing money, whatever it is. It's, uh, hey, man, our costs were 10, so I get more than that. You know, it could be simply that in the discussions with the guy at the truck or what have you at the dock, okay? So they never lose money. And uh, their tax rate manages to be very low. How do they do that? It's countries that don't collect I don't know. taxes. How do they well, do that? They, they don't have taxes. What can I tell you? It's places that don't require taxes which i know that sounds amazing and unbelievable is that ethical uh in those countries man they think it is okay so there's no taxes uh but so they put up a pretty good margin maybe part of the valuation here is the fear and this could make sense that one day there will be taxes so you go along as if the future will be taxed so you don't count on that and you you know take the cash in as it comes um, you know that could be possible, they, but they don't pay a dividend, so they're not really, you know, they're not really giving that back. They're putting all the earnings back into the business. So with all that, it looks like it's a stable kind of, 
you know, possibly long-term growing situation. Where and are they headquartered? Uh, in the Cayman Islands with your friends <laughs> over there. <laughs> Maybe they know each other. Uh-huh. But it's five times EBITDA. So EBITDA, enterprise value, the cost to buy the company. EBITDA is the, you know, cash flow pre-tax pre-interest that we can then begin to look at as a yield. So five times means 20%. You look at the long-term treasuries, they're at whatever they're at now, three and a half or something like that. That's a giant spread. So we could buy the company, earn 20%. They raise taxes, it goes to 10%. That's still way more than you're getting in treasuries. And I think that's the the underpinning to the valuation. Well, there's some risk to that. Of course. uh, Fresh Del Monte, page FD. I'm sorry, page 1914, what? ticker FDP. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to move too quickly. Um, okay, next up. Another stock I've talked about, Philip Morris, page 1997, uh, ticker PM. Now, this is, a, you know, long ago was, you know, partnered up with Philip Morris of the United States, which is now Altria, which is, you know, Marlboro and Benson and Hedges and Merritt and things like that in cigarettes. Uh, this that was is in the, this week's issue. Yeah, I, I passed on that. This is international Marlboro, and they've got you know the business everywhere that's not the United States. They just split out where they from, still like smoking. Can, exactly, and more importantly than that, they allow advertising. So this company's been unleashed from the parent just a year ago. It's still not even rated by Value Line. It's a little bit unknown. Um, it's not super cheap. It's on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis against looking at an earnings yield. It's seven times, which I'll say is 14%. Plus, you get growth. They're doing uh, upper teens operating margins. That says proprietary. They've got, uh, you know, this is a a terrific number, 30% returns on capital. They lever it a little bit. Uh, They've got 50% returns on equity. That means not only is that good, but the equity is going to grow very quickly. Uh, They have some debt. They'll pay that down. They appear to be buying some stock in, so it's just, and they're paying a 6% yield. So you get paid 6% while you wow. wait for them to advertise to the Chinese. Are they the earning Chinese. the dividend? Uh, yeah, they're comfortably earning it. They're paying out about two-thirds of the earnings. Okay. And they're, you know, this is Marlboro in China where there's advertising. Wealth is growing. India, wealth breeds cigarette, you know, smoking growth. And uh, that's the story here. Philip Morris, PM. Page 1997. I could have done a little more. Let me let me tell you some other stuff here, just because that's too big picture. Uh, you know, translation's going to work against them. There is a little earnings headwind here. Um, evidently, according to Value Line, Vern, the fundamentals look strong. You're thinking litigation so, risk in those other markets well, is a much lower. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, I guess you got to roll that in as a risk. Right. But um, no one's as litigious as we are, so that's probably a low risk. Meantime, you get a 6% yield. If it turns bad, sell it. You just made 6%. You're not getting that at the bank, my friend. All right, next up. Uh, Here's one that I own. Uh, Macrovision. uh, Ticker MVSN, page 2017. Macrovision, what do they do? Well, first I'll just tell you why I like them. I think they have some kind of monopoly. So that gets me interested right away. It means pricing power. It means permanently low costs of advertising because you have no competitors. Monopoly. Monopoly. Duopoly? All you have to do is you you can use your monopoly power to the point to where you're just kind of pissing off everyone, 
but they don't yet want to actually kill anyone. So you use your power. And what they have is the protection codes. This company started out years and years ago. They had the protection codes on the old VHS tapes when you got those wiggly lines. If you tried to copy, that was their uh, technology. And they still have that for analog. And everything that has an output to analog, you know, even just to run speakers or whatever, they still are getting paid on all that going way back. It's not a big piece, but it's locked in and it's an annuity. Uh, and it's not growing, but it's not shrinking. You know, everything still has an RCA audio output or video output that's digital. That's yeah, odd. but that's temporary, it's, and yeah, not everything well, does. you still get those earnings, no question. Now, in the meantime, this company has completely transformed itself in the last few years, and they have the rights for, I'll tell you, um, copy protection on Blu-ray. They have the rights to any... Uh, digital content or cable television video that shows a guide to what's on television, uh, they own the rights to that. You have to pay them, as amazing as that sounds. They're getting paid by all the major PC manufacturers. They're getting paid by um, most all of the networks to have the television guide on. TiVo pays them. Um, if you are a customer of UVerse and you look at the back of your UVerse guide, you're going to see one company named other than AT&T, and it's Macrovision for the right to have guides and run their own, uh, you know, divided, uh, video recorder off of their guides. So they're locked in on that. Then they own one of the largest artist databases. So if you're listening to a song and you want to know who it's by and what movies they were in or what other songs they did, you know, there's one big guy, which is, I guess, the IMDB. Um, and you know about them. These are the other guy, number two. And so they've got technology where if you're listening to a song uh, somewhere in your house, somewhere else, there's a list of it, and they're getting paid by just translating this information well, from device to device. Well, really worked, hasn't it? Um, well, it's, here's, you know, here's what's happened. Three years ago, you thought they were really going to get off into the Blu-ray copy protection and, you know, Blu-ray just hasn't taken off. Well, but it's so, won the battle against um, DVD HD, right? Well, that was the good news. And that's down the road. But in the near term, people didn't know what was going on. Then they did all these crazy acquisitions that no one understood, sold some very stable software companies, bought Gemstar, which owned TV Guide. You're going, what are they doing that for? They ended up selling the magazine, kept the website. And what they were really after was these trademarks and patents on this technology they own the right to uh, the guide to television so uh, you know it's some kind of an annuity certainly for the next 50 years on this type of information being transmitted around they're locked in with AT&T on the U-verse they do 45 percent operating margins they've got a low return on capital right now seven percent but I think that's because they overpaid for a couple of things they'll work that down over the next uh, few years Meantime, it's 10 times cash flow, but that's 10 times that's, I think, you know, pretty locked in. So I like this a lot. I think it's ultimately you have to be acquired by somebody. So uh, And you talked about that one instead of take two. No, well, take two is the one that I didn't know whether to do instead of the other one, um, Fresh Del Monte. Oh, oh. And I've talked about it a bunch of times. The stock's way down. They're the Grand Theft Auto guys. It's a story of gaining share on it's a growing set box. Too. So I didn't get into it, but you can look it up in a past show. Um, we're all indexed. If you know on iTunes, you can see our tickers going way back, or you know. So, what's your favorite idea this week? Uh, I think this week it's going to have to be 
Philip Morris, International. I like that one a lot. How about you? Um, actually, I think the Liquid Refreshments was my uh, favorite part of the show. That was my best idea, but I'm going to go with THQI. THQ Inc. is my favorite idea. Very cheap. Bye, everyone.